Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and share in your presence and at your feet. Thank you for the new month. We ask, Lord God, that you take full and absolute control of today's teaching, today's discussions, today's questions. Thank you for the praise. We ask that you bless your word to our souls and bless our souls to your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. A good afternoon to everyone. Welcome to Tribe. And that's good afternoon to the Lagos folks, to Makasa in South Africa. Uh, a good morning or early afternoon to the folks in Dallas, Canada, and South America. Uh, thank you for joining us for Tribe today. And we know everyone is online, but if you're home, uh, in transit, uh, in school, wherever you are, welcome to Drive, and God bless you as you listen, and God will speak to you in his own way, the way only he can today, and you will not leave here the same way you came, in the mighty name of Jesus. So, um... We all enjoyed the book of Hebrews. That was what we did for a couple of months. And especially the last three, three weeks thereabout where you had this combo of um, pastors kind of delving into what the uh, book was all about. And um, that was very, very insightful. Um, I kind of enjoyed it myself. And last week, Pastor did announce that we're going to start reading or studying the book of Ephesians. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, so we're going to start today with what I could call um, Ephesians 101. Uh, pretty much, you can call it the the Syrac version of Ephesians, right? Which is we we'll break down what it's all about first. You know, like we always say, uh, the beginning of a thing and the end of it are one of the most important parts. So we want to make sure that this early part that we totally understand what the book of Ephesians is about. And as we proceed over the next couple of weeks, um, our understanding is secured and hinged and anchored on some of the fundamentals we'll learn uh, today about the book of uh, Ephesians. So we're going to start with a fun fact. Okay, uh, fun fact in the sense that, you know, these are not high um, sounding names and things in the Bible that we think are too, so archaic that you know, we're just believing for the sake of believing. No. Let's start with fun fact. So fun fact is Ephesians is derived from the word or the place Ephesus. So people that come from Ephesus are called Ephesians, right? Just the same way people that come from Nigeria are called Nigerians, who that come from South Africa are called South Africans, etc. So I did a fun check. I said Google Maps, tell me how can I get to Ephesus today? I mean, if maybe um, Jesus was uh, at Google Maps back in the days and said, you know, you know this uh, Ephesus area, how can I get there? Or Paul, as in this case, you know. So, so I did a quick check on, um, on where Ephesus was on Google Maps. And if um, 
uh, the CMF folks bring that up. Uh, there's something in there that intrigued me. It's essentially, um, if you can see on the screen, that's Nigeria in the middle there, uh, just at the trigger point of Africa. And I did a search all the way from where um, God's favorite house HQ in Lagos to Ephesus. You know, the essentially the place where Ephesus was. And you see in there, um, if you wanted to drive from, from Lagos to Ephesus, you probably take a couple of days, um, you know, to, to get there, maybe five days. It's about over seven, 8,000 kilometers away. Um, it's a real place somewhere in, in, in the Asia Minor, around the Aegean Sea. Um, you see there, you have three routes you can take in there. You have to take a ferry at some point in time. But essentially, if you wanted to go to Ephesus, you can get there today. So it's a real place. That used to be full of real people and real activities. Take that to the next level and see where is Ephesus today? I mean, what state is it in today? And I got a couple of pictures to show you what is in Ephesus today. Now, back then, when Paul was talking about Ephesus, it was a real bustling place, you know, commercial city, very political, religious. Uh, in HR Minor, it was a very bubbling place was well built uh bring, bring it back up it was well built had very magnificent structures okay and you can see some of those structures there now these structures were probably there like two thousand years ago two thousand three hundred years ago uh yes they've kind of degraded now but you can see that i mean it had high sounding that, that was that's the library on the top on the top left you can see the big street downtown right in the middle there um excellent magnificent structures uh the bottom middle picture there kind of shows you the goddess they used to worship in there, which is Artemis, uh, goddess of fertility. And this was a very, very major town. It was almost like a Dubai of today kind of scenario, uh, places where people come from different parts of the world. Today, it's after over 2,000 years, it's silted in. Silting is when, you know, the ocean brings in stuff. And so it used to be a coastal town, right? But today, the sea is about four kilometers away from, from Ephesus. So it's not uh, that people not, are not there anymore. It's just a, an archaeological, archaeological site, as they call it now. So Ephesus was a real place full of efficiency um, back then. Uh, remember back in the book of Acts, that area where um, uh, some folks were selling idols, and then Paul came, converted a lot of people to Christians, and the folks that were selling those idols were very angry, they wanted to kill Paul. That was Ephesus, okay, and that's in the book of Acts. And that brings us back to the backstory of how this book came to be, okay? And that story is all in the book of Ephesians, uh, in the book of Acts. You know, Acts tells the story of how Paul went through um, uh, Ephesus and the kind of challenges he had while in Ephesus. The book of Ephesians is a letter to the people in Ephesus, okay? So, how did this book come up? Paul took three missionary journeys, okay, um, and those missionary journeys were not the are not today's journeys where you just get in your car and go. Those were treacherous and long journeys. Um, I think he did it three times, um, and in doing those journeys, he set up a lot of churches, okay, across the Gentile cities in the Roman Empire. You know, going to the Aegean Sea. Many stories about that in the Book of Acts. One of those churches he set up then was the church in Ephesus, okay. And that was about maybe 50 uh, or so years AD after, after death. And please mark that date uh, and I'll reference what 
I'm ref uh, I mean about referencing uh, the AD uh, 50. So Paul returned after setting up that church, okay, uh, in, in Ephesus, he returned a year later, okay, and spent three solid years building up people in Ephesus, converting lives, changing lives, preaching, teaching with great effectiveness. I mean, you find all these stories in Acts 19, I think the first 20 verses in Acts 19, you see what the impact Paul had staying three whole years in Ephesus. Then he left, uh, but didn't leave them alone. He left Timothy behind uh, to kind of be the overseer for, for the Ephesian church then. Um, but a few years later after that, I think Paul was imprisoned in Rome, uh, was under house arrest. It was, this was where he actually wrote this letter back to the Ephesians, okay? So with this background, okay, um, let's bring it to today's world. It might look very high that, oh, Paul, big apostle, you know, he could write letters. Let's bring it back to how some of the things that happened while he was on his um, missionary journey or establishing churches all over the world. So that the slide that CMM has, that has the time that Paul was um, moving around, setting, setting up churches and world events. So something interesting you see here, right, is you see that highlighted red section that shows Paul's activities, you know, uh, moving um, from place to place, place uh, setting up churches all the way till it was martyred or, or it, it died. A lot of things that happened in real time in the world at that point in time. Um, you see there, although it was AD 52, but you see there, um, they just discovered diamonds. Today we could say, yeah, cryptocurrency, big deal, lots of uh, billionaires all over the world. Um, the Romans started using soap, um, I think it was two tribes ago that Pastor Ayobami talked about cutting soap. You know, um, you see things around political upheavals, you know, people fighting each other, um, terrorism, uh, insecurity, they were happening back then. You know, there were mega cities all over the world coming up, uh, there's world trade going on, uh, stock exchange, things like that, even at the tail end of that period, you see the uh, Mount Pesuvius that erupted and killed like 30,000 people. Big deal back then, you know, wiped out cities. Today we have COVID-19 that killed millions of people. So things were happening in the world at that time, but Paul was doing kingdom work. He was still moving around and doing what God asked him to do. We have no excuse. We can't wait for things to be calm and settled before we do what God wants us to do. This is an example from Paul. Despite or in spite of events around, he kept pressing on. God will help us to press on despite and in spite of circumstances around us and the world in Jesus' mighty name. So, let's go into the world. Um, we can't talk about the book of Ephesians in isolation, right? Um, it's, it's, it's important to understand that what we talk about must be connected to some of the things we are learning, okay? Um, apart from, before I forget that my, my point on Paul's time uh, back then compared to now, apart from him being able to move around the world and establish churches back then, you know, we said he did that for about 30 years. Sometimes he spends a year, comes back, uh, spends three years, comes back. For some of us, we spend time with people and we can't go back the way Paul did because we've burned so many bridges. 
we've done so many things in that relationship that place where we worked the last time that family we stayed with you know that business deal we closed and we can't write these kind of letters back to the people we interacted with let's bear in mind that the things the people the activities we interact with the opportunities to do things for them in the future that has to do with kingdom growth that we shouldn't burn bridges uh now paul showed us the example stayed with people you could still write them they were happy to receive the letters so remember don't burn bridges okay so going back to the fundamentals around our season today in god's baby house why is efficient relevant to us in this season we've talked about i love my church we've talked about higher grounds uh, we're taking mountains now mountains of influence we won't talk about six over six how how relevant is are these things to or how relevant is the book of Ephesians to uh these things um we know one thing for sure that um the book of Ephesians was not written like some other books to confront maybe heresy or problems in churches uh, that Paul had set up, um, but it was written to strengthen and encourage the Christians in Ephesus. Okay, um, it didn't contain a reference to certain people or certain activities like some books that Paul wrote. Uh, remember one part even wrote that there are some 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 of you are sleeping with your uh, your father's wife. So those kind of things are not happening in, uh, in um, Ephesus. But he wanted to unify that church. It was a big push on unity in the church, especially between the Jews and Gentiles back then. Okay, so unity was one of it. Okay, and the way Paul writes his letters, okay, Ephesians is laid out in the same way. Okay, and we'll bring up that uh, little analogy of how he writes his letters. Paul always writes his letters most of the time in two parts. Okay. So that layout to show you that for similar to all the other letters Paul wrote, the first part of Ephesians is a bit spiritual in quotes. Now, don't get spooky on me. Um, it's not that spiritual that you no, know, we, we feel spooky. But the second part of it, it's a lot more practical. So essentially, what it means is Paul teaches us from his letter to the Ephesians how or what to believe first, then he pivots into how to behave using what you believe to get that kingdom mentality going. So don't miss any of this series. Yes, we'll talk about what to believe, very important. It's a bit uh, on the spiritual side. And then practical ways, how to behave, now comes in right after that in the later chapters that we'll be reviewing uh, in the coming weeks, okay? Um, how is this also related to the gospel of the kingdom that Pastor talked about on Sunday? Okay, now the first part talks a lot about, you know, um, salvation that we have. Okay, the mysteries that God resolved, um, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. That's the first three chapters, and they bring that up about the gospel of the kingdom. And the second part talks more about living the Christian faith. Okay, um, <clears throat> let your kingdom come, like Pastor said. You know, the Christian life, we being the salt of the earth, salt being in itself, in a shaker, adds value to value. But when you mix with the other ingredients, which might be the world in this case, then it becomes tasty. You have changed lives, okay? So you see the second part of Ephesians talking more about how to behave, you know, how to get that mountain of influence that 
parts of the government. In fact, there was the part in the later parts of Efficient that he talks about you know, how husband and wife should behave. That's the mountain of uh, influence for family. Okay, you'll see that. Don't miss any of this series. Um, Same will bring up how this book of Efficient leads to higher grounds, too. Okay, so the first part talks about the confidence we have that we've been chosen and empowered in Jesus Christ. The second part shows us how to live, how to get up the mountain, how to get on higher grounds. Give me this mountain. You need the first part to believe, to be empowered, so that you can understand how to behave to get the second part on getting the mountain and getting to higher grounds. So all this is connected. Like I said, don't miss any of the series. So because we have only six um, chapters in uh, Ephesians today, we'll just look at the first 14 verses of chapter 1. And um, we're going to read Ephesians 1, 1 to 14, um, New Living Translation. Uh, I think uh, if Sam can bring it up, or I can actually open my Bible here and try and read it um, for us and see if I can find... Okay, yeah, we got it on the screen. So this is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ, Jesus. Okay, I'm writing to God's holy people in God's free house who are faithful followers of Christ, Jesus. Okay. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So, we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured on to us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave us our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plans regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. All the, at the right time, he will bring everything together under authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we, the Jews, who were first in Christ, in, to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. Okay? And now, you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit 
whom he promised a long time ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give unto us the inheritance he promised us. That, yeah, he promised us. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise him and glorify him. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy words in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's break down these verses in the next couple of minutes uh, and see uh, for as much as possible uh, the knowledge or insight we can get from each verse and the actions. Don't forget, knowledge without action is just insight. Wisdom is action. When you take knowledge and apply action to it, that's wisdom. So make sure you enter the wisdom realm today by making sure that you apply uh, what you've learned today with some action. So the first part talks about, you know, um, how the letter from Paul, you know, he being uh, chosen as, as an apostle for Jesus Christ. And he says there that I'm writing to God's holy people in God's very house who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Faithful followers, that's a big title for, for all of us, okay? That's a big title. Um, it's an honor to be a believer. But if you think about your own lifestyle, okay, um, your character, your values, your focus, would people characterize you as a faithful follower of Christ? Are you claiming this title just because it's written or you are sure in your heart of hearts that you're a faithful follower of Christ? There's no condemnation here. The real fact is keep holding on to your faith and make sure that one day at a time, okay, faithfully obey God in every detail of your life. And I can assure you, you can claim this title of being a faithful follower of Christ Jesus. Okay? In verse, it talks about that God, the Father, and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now, here, there is not much to say. I mean, there is no point trying to, to, to organize this and say or interpret in such a way that, oh, it just says, God gives you grace and peace. It's a very simple prayer. Okay? We want grace and peace at such times as this all over the world. So our, the action here is very straightforward. Let's just bow our heads and receive this prayer that God has given us through Paul and say, Father, I receive your grace and your peace in my life in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I receive your grace and your peace in my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Simple prayer. Don't let spice and dice it. God has given us grace and peace we receive in Jesus' name. And it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now, don't forget, we're talking about believing and believing. So Paul is trying to remind the Ephesian church why they need to believe, how they need to believe, and that applies to us today. He says that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now, because we are united with Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly realms, there are other blessings, okay, but the insight we have from this tells us that the word of God, the gifts of God, the power to do his work, the hope for living in Christ as blessings that are heavenly, in quotes. Um, God can bless us in different ways, through people, but I can assure you 
the blessings from the uh, heavenly realms is different from the blessings from the earthly realms. Now, it was important that Paul described this for the Ephesian church back then because don't forget, they were living in a place where they had like 50 gods or goddesses. Um, the most prominent was Artemis then. And she was the goddess of fertility and a few other things. And you can imagine when people call a goddess of fertility, you can imagine the atrocities unspeakable things that would have been happening back then while they were trying to worship. So the efficient Christians were in the midst of all of this and was trying to encourage them that, look, the blessings you have are from above. There are more than the kind of blessings you can see or that people around you are getting from the earthly blessings. Yes, God uses people. But remember, heavenly blessings are key. So don't place your hope in man or earthly things. That's the action here. Keep your hope in God that has given you heavenly blessings already. Okay? It's like it's giving you a check. Just keep catching your check and collecting your blessings. And God will help you to keep doing that in Jesus' name. Now, we go to verse 4 and it talks about, excuse me, that even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. How, how, how? How do you even comprehend that in the space-time continuum? So he said, before he made the world, that's even before he made any of us. He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. It's, it's baffling, but it's real. You know, I mean, God's mind is timeless. So if he can tell you that he loved you before he made you, not only before he made you, before he made the world and made provision for you already, I mean, that's that's the ultimate awoof, what people call freebies, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we're so undeserving of these things, but it's just gracious to us, okay, how uh, we didn't perform so well to deserve it, you know, if you're thinking that you're so good, your behavior is so good, that's why God saved you, stop that breakdown, okay, it's, it can't work, God is just gracious and kind, he planned plans for you before you were made, Okay, and that applies to to all of us. Okay, um, so we can't take credit for salvation; it's just a free gift from God. Um, because of Christ's sacrifice, uh, it makes us holy and blameless. We can come into God's presence uh, blameless uh, before Him because of that sacrifice. So, if you are listening to me today, take advantage of this freebie. If you've not tapped into it, please do. Okay. Confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that journey will begin. You are adopted, you are going to be part of the body of Christ, and God will see you through in the mighty name of Jesus. If you continue that line of thought, uh, okay, we'll get to verse 5 that talks about, you know, in advance, still the same thing, in advance, you know, he has adopted us into his own family, okay, bringing us to himself through Christ, and it gave him great pleasure. pleasure. You know, when, when, the the angels and multitudes were singing in revelation 3 and talking about you know uh thou art created all things and for their pleasure they are and were created god does things for his own pleasure and he chose us in advance for his own pleasure you don't need to understand why you don't need to understand how he just decided that before time i'm going to look at fumi and adopt her i'm going to bring shegu and adopt her i'm going to bring my uh, 
Mutombo and adopt Imoha. You know, Lawrence adopts. You know, so that things, those things are already plans by God to give himself pleasure. Okay, so he did it. We just have to accept it and live in it. Adopting back in the Roman days. Uh, when Paul writing letter, it means children that were adopted we actually had the same rights, even though they were slaves before. You know, they had the same rights as the children, the original children. So I was trying to explain to the efficient church that look, the adoption that Christ has given you, you are not second class children. You are full-blown bona fide children with all rights and benefits. And we will claim our rights and benefits in Christ in Jesus' name. So, as I said before, take advantage of these benefits of free love from Jesus and enter into that loving bond with him. He later talked in chapter 7 about the rich kindness and grace that purchased our freedom with the blood of Jesus and forgave our sins and showered his kindness on us. You see, there are so many things here about unmerited favor, grace, you know, kindness, uh, forgiveness, that we can't afford not to tap into it. Okay, we can't afford. We didn't end salvation. God gave us this thing. You know, it's not your religious efforts, your moral efforts that got you this. It was God's mercy and his love that got you this. So let's bring it home a bit. So so we talked about the, the, the match uh, on, on Saturday. So let, assuming that on Friday, you know, you're just sitting gently, minding your business um, anywhere in the world, maybe in Makassar or, or in Kota somewhere, and thinking, oh, Champions League is coming up. And then... Somebody just comes and says, oh boy, do you want to see Champions League? Let's go. And the person gets your passport immediately, gets you to the airport, gets you on the plane, first class, finds where you can watch a match from, from, from a VIP box. You watch the match, gives you even shopping money so you can buy stuff for your folks and come back home. And it happens in real life. That's just grace. You just thought about it and the person that had to give you, you didn't earn it. You didn't have to repay anything back. That's how grace works, okay? If that happened to you in real life, what would you think about that person that did that for you? Now, you can imagine that tiny fragment, consider it in eternity, in the spirit and soul of man, how God has actually blessed us with that kind of grace. So please, please don't take God's grace uh, for granted. And we'll pray again that prayer in verse 2 that says that Father will receive your grace and your peace in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, talk about the blood of Jesus. Uh, we pray the blood of Jesus every day. I mean, just a reference to the death of Jesus. That blood gives us redemption and gives us forgiveness. Remember, redemption and forgiveness. Perfect sequence. You remove the person from the scene, from the mud, before you now clean up the mud on the person, and then that's it. All sins are forgiven. Thank God for his forgiveness. Thank God for his redemption in Jesus' name. And verse 9 says that God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Good plan. Now, this was the plan. Now, at the right time, you will bring together everything under the harmony and authority of Jesus Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Okay? And you see in 11 saying that he makes everything work out according to his plan. Look, there's no plan you have that can be better than God's plan. Your best laid plan for yourself can't be as good as God's plan. Period. 
And if God's saying he has a plan for you, believe me, that's the plan you should stick to it. That's, that's not only the plan A or B or C. That is the plan. There's no A, B, C, D. That is just the plan. And that is God's plan. Most of us understand this plan. Okay, things happen. I know what's happening here. You know what's, what's wrong. But if God can plan a whole eternity before we were even made and end it up in such a way that everybody, everything is under the authority of Christ and you're already aligned with Christ, it's showing that you have won already. So we can plan that. What is your own little life that you think God can't plan? Stop it. God's plan for you is intact. It's supreme. It's superior. Remember that. And the action here is for you is no matter what you're going through, if your life is, you think your life is muddled up, you know, it's messy, you're confused, it's in disarray, remember the truth is that God has a plan for you. And that plan is solid. God is in control. He cannot fail you. He will not fail you. Like we say in some parlance, God will not go shame us. God will not shame you. Okay? And then, as we go towards the end, in 13 and 14, where we're going to end today, it, it talks about how God, you know, identified us by giving us his Holy Spirit. Now, now, you know, it's, it's like an advanced check, an advanced um, a gift, a down payment, you know, a deposit. In some places, some, some interpretation of the Bible calls it like, like an engagement ring of some sort. Now, now don't, don't let's confuse it with some of the issues around Amaka disappoints me kind of engagement rings. No, no, no. This is God's own commitment to you by giving you the Holy Spirit. It's a foretaste of things to come. And we thank God for that Holy Spirit. We thank God that every day we can wake up, we have real life experiences with the Holy Spirit. That Spirit transforms us, helps us to live changed lives. We're glad to it. And I ask you today that every day you wake up, ask God to help you to live a Spirit-led life. Very important. It's God's deposit in you. It's advanced payment for you. you know, just use it and helps you to essentially go into that a taste or a foretaste of what God has in plan for us in the future is embedded in the Holy Spirit. And God will help you to lead, to live a spirited life in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'll be close today uh, on verse 14. From 15 to 16, to the end, uh, we'll be taking next week. I want us to just go back to, to that layout uh, that we had in the beginning, the book of Hebrews layout between believing and um, how to believe and how to behave. You know, Remember these things from today's teaching, okay? One, God wants to give you grace and peace, okay? Receive it, okay? God chose it before time, own it. And remember, the blood of Jesus redeems you and forgives you, no condemnation. Believe that. And God has a plan for you. He's in control and he has a plan for you. You will gain your high grounds or your higher grounds and you will protect the mountain in Jesus mighty name god bless you i have my special button here if you have any question i have my special um call, call pastor button here and uh, i've pressed it and i uh, passed it around to answer any of the difficult questions so um let me see if i can see any questions online um to, to ask but um if, if while i'm looking at that uh pastor good good evening Good evening. Okay, okay. I, ha I have a question for you that I've been thinking about 
while I was reading this, uh, going through the death drive, and I kind of wrote it down. So the first verse talked about, you know, um, Paul being chosen or called as an apostle. And I wanted to ask you, you know, I mean, yes, you say you're not a prophet, but you're an apostle, right? So, so now we've cleared that. So what advice do you have for apostles in waiting? You know, how, how do they know? How do you know they're an apostle for, for those in waiting? You know, just a tidbit of, for those guys that don't know they're apostles already, those guys, that's the keyword, or ladies that don't know. Oh, you guys. <laughs> how, how, how would they know? <laughs> Well, I, I think like um, like um, Paul said in yeah. Hebrews um, that no man takes this honor unto himself. So um, you, you don't. You, in fact, the word apostle means the saint one, the one that is sent forth. So um, God has to be the one out of divine election, this divine wisdom. So how do you know? God will reveal it to you in different ways. Okay, so um, how did I know? <laughs> how did I know I was, I'm an apostle? Okay, so I would say mine started when I was a little boy. My grandmother would say to me, you are an apostle. I didn't even understand what that meant. So I thought it was a way of saying that, you know, God will use you in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So so I just thought that was what she meant. And of course, I kicked against it. So, but when I got called into a pastoral ministry, when I got saved at all, I, I just knew I wanted to give my, my all to God. It felt like um, if, I, if I wasn't preaching, I wasn't living, you know? So, um, when I became a pastor, you know, over time, it became clear to me that, you know, this is, this is actually your calling. You mm. have been graced to take territories. You have been graced to take land, to take regions, to take territories, to take countries. And you, you notice, like you rightly said at the beginning, that um, our Paul was going from place to place, starting up churches and all that. Is, is it takes some grace to do it, you know, and grace means you do it effortlessly, you know. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so so that's it. I don't know if that helps. Oh, yeah, no, that, that that's helpful, uh, to me, yeah, for, for knowledge, and of course, to those apostles out there in waiting that are right, Pastor, you know, just stay on alert and God is coming for you, okay. Um, okay, um. Uh, so, so I, I don't see a lot of questions or any questions online. Uh, and I could just ask one more question. I know we have uh, limited time, um, Pastor. Um, so we talked over the on Sunday about the gospel of the kingdom, you know, transiting from the gospel of salvation to the gospel of the kingdom. I know we probably we'll probably see some of that as we go through the book of Ephesians, you know. But do you have one thing that you probably saw here that you can just? kind of point to like well Paul was thinking kingdom wise in this of course talk about salvation a lot but kingdom wise was maybe thinking one or two things uh in from from today's uh discussions anything that you can well yeah a couple I mean you you 
I must say that you've done an amazing work with this teaching. <laughs> so well done. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I looked at how you approached it, and I was like, hmm, this looks like how I would have approached it. <laughs> so, so I must say that I mean, you've done an amazing work. I mean, um, in it, giving us a big picture, you know, and and um, what to believe, how to behave, and um, and. And, and all that you, you I mean the, 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 the synopsis, the background to the to the city of Ephesus. So that alone showed kingdom. You know, um, um Ephesus, like you said, was like the current day Dubai. You know, Ephesus was the happening city, you know, it was coastal, a lot of development. Look at those structures. You know, in, imagine those structures have been there hundreds yeah. of years ago, yeah. you know, thousands, thousands, like, yeah. thousands of years. Know, thousands of years ago, you know, I mean, it, it shows how forward the city was, you know, and how um, central it is to commerce, to yeah. uh, people aggregating and everything. So we see Paul taking Ephesus. Mm. That was kingdom right there and and paul would you know in, in ephesus they had amphitheaters where they had a lot of philosophers and you know a lot of forward-thinking people so if uh, paul would go into those amphitheaters and engage them um about christ you mentioned Artemis, the the goddess also known as, as diana diana yeah you know of ephesus how Paul, I mean, disintegrated our, our, our income, basically, you know, yeah. and, you know, uh, that who, that young lady that was saying, oh, these are the prophets, yeah. servants of the Lord, yeah. they have come to <laughs> tell us the way of salvation, <laughs> you know. So what Paul took out from that lady, the demonic spirit, was, was, was a commercial displacement. Hmm. Because the the lady was using demon spirit to enrich our, our owner. So yeah, so Paul showed us he engaged education, he engaged obviously government, obviously. Yeah, he engaged um media, he definitely engaged the religious mountain, yeah. which is um Athenis, yeah. um, Diana yeah. and and yeah. all and on and on. Yeah. So you engage family too, husband and wife, how they should behave. Yeah, absolutely. Did. By the time we get to Ephesians 5, you engage family, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and all that. So, yeah, good, good, good. Paul was thank, thank yeah, I, thank, thank you very much, sir. I, I think that that'll be all the questions. Okay, um, okay, again, thank you very much, Pastor Balaji. Um, that was amazing you know um i'm going to um just pray over you um the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and so shall it be in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen Old man, okay, just from the house. Let's remember that this is our year of lifting, and we are lifted.
all, all the way. way. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.